Good morning, everyone. It's a great joy to be with you today. Um, tacky opening, happy new year, right? Today begins our new year for the liturgical calendar. So last year we were reading from the Gospel of Matthew. This year will be the Gospel of Mark, uh, right? It's a three-year cycle, so Matthew, Mark, Luke. Uh, Mark is the shortest gospel. I encourage you, go home, read the Gospel of Mark. It'll probably take you 30 minutes, and just spend some time uh, with that. It gives you the whole context. Uh, I'm not going to do it today, but Mark, the whole context of Mark is very powerful. And if you understand the whole context, you'll be able to understand what happens week to week to week. So go home for the Advent, read the Gospel of Mark. You know, one of the things that um, I've always wanted to do, always uh, still have dream of it, uh, one of the things I can't do, I've spent way too much time looking at YouTube videos about this, right, is van life. Um, I've always wanted to buy a van, outfit it, make it really cool, you know, one of those sprinter vans, give it a lift, put some sweet tires on it, be able to take it in the back country. And part of the reason, right, why we desire to do these things is because we want to sometimes escape our present reality. I want to get away from the city life, from the chaos, from the busyness, and go just out in the backcountry on a venture to do something away from the busyness and chaos of life. If you've ever read the story Into the Wild, Christopher McCandless. Alexander Superstramp, as he goes by, right? He gets so frustrated with the ways of, of life. He drops out of college, he sells everything that he has, he literally at one point takes the cash that he had left, he burns it, he sets it on fire, goes up into Alaska where he eventually meets his demise because he isn't able to get enough food. This idea of escaping our present reality to go for something else. I think one of the temptations in the Christian life is to think the whole point of my life is just to escape this earth so that I can go to heaven. The whole point of today's homily, and maybe even the whole point of Advent, is not to say that Christianity is about escaping this world. Christianity is not about escaping this world. Christianity is about God breaking into this world. That's the theme for today. Christianity is about God breaking into this world. I was on a silent retreat this past week, which is always a great gift to get away. Uh, but one of the themes that the Lord really brought me into is kind of this interplay between light and darkness. If you ever had a chance to kind of get out in the backcountry, get where there's no lights, you really experience the darkness of existence. Every night I would go, I was at this retreat center, there was uh, some hermitages, and then I was in the farthest one. There's only two right now. They're currently being built. Uh, but it was about a 10-minute walk from my hermitage over to the chapel. And so every night I would go and pray a holy hour. And this week we had a full moon. It was always really beautiful walking down there and then walking back until Thursday night came and a huge snowstorm came in. And I didn't have my phone on, so I didn't know that the snow was going to come. So I'm in the chapel. I'm praying. I come out, and then all of a sudden like, it's like blizzarding. I'm like, what is going on right now? I can't see anything. The moon is covered, the clouds are in the sky, uh, completely dark. I'm like, how am I going to walk 10 minutes from this chapel back to my hermitage? And I was like, in the middle of nowhere, right, there was only one other person there, 
uh, Father Steven Siebert, and I was like, if I get mauled by a bear right now, that'd be so awesome, right? Uh, or a moose, right? Uh, and so I had this little flashlight, so I'm walking around, and like, even with the flashlight, right, it's like your headlights, you can't see when the snow is coming down too hard, because all you see is the, the snow blindness. So I have my little flashlight, I'm like freaking out, I'm like, is there a mountain lion following me right now, right? So the whole way back, I just sang the Kyrie over and over and over again, so the animals wouldn't come and find me. Um, the darkness. Every morning I woke up with the sunshine coming into the light of the room. Just to wake up and feel the warmth of the sun on your face. Light and darkness. In many ways, Advent has this interplay between light and darkness. I always wonder, I've never been to the Southern Hemisphere, but what would it be like to celebrate Christmas in the Southern Hemisphere, where it's the exact opposite? From, uh, from June 24th, the Feast of John the Baptist, the days get progressively darker and darker and darker until Christmas, December 25th, when the light of the world enters into the darkness to make it bright. Then the days get progressively lighter and lighter and lighter. Christianity is not about escaping this world, but it's about Christ entering into it. And very specifically, it's about Christ entering into the darkness, the darkness of our lives, the darkness of our hearts, the challenges that may be before us. I want to turn to our gospel because our gospel is so powerful for today. And what's so hard about today's gospel, right, is it just takes one kind of, what we call a pericope, one kind of section, and just, we often hear this, we're like, watch, keep awake, right? What do we think this is about? We often think this is about the end times. We don't know when Jesus is coming. He's going to come, and then what? We have to keep vigil. We have to watch. That's not what Jesus is talking about. He's not talking about the end times. What does Jesus talk about right before this in Matthew 13? He talks about the destruction of the temple. When the temple's destroyed, there's going to be all these different signs. The earth is going to quake. There's going to be chaos. So watch therefore so that you can see these signs because the temple, the place of worship, the place where God dwells, will no longer exist. Jesus comes to the apostles today and says, wake up. Watch, be alert, the destruction of the temple will happen. But here's what's so interesting. Jesus then goes on to tell a parable. It is like a man going on a journey. When he leaves home and puts his servant in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on watch. Watch, therefore. You do not know when the master will come. In the evening, at midnight... When the cock crows, or in morning, the four watches of the night. Evening, midnight, cock crow, and morning. What's that about? What does that remind us of? If we read scripture with a close ear, we recognize those four watches of the night parallel perfectly with the passion of Christ. Jesus' own passion, why? Because Jesus' temple the temple is actually Jesus' body. When Jesus' body is destroyed, that's when he's coming in. The glory of Jesus is actually on the cross. When everything is dark. When everything is destroyed. Because it's only through the suffering of the cross that Jesus is able to break forth, at, forth as the light of this world into the resurrection. 
through the suffering, through that, he enters into his glory. What happens at the evening watch? The Last Supper. Just a little bit after that, midnight comes, Jesus is praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, where he tells not just the apostles, but this time Peter, James, and John, what does he say? Watch and pray. Will you stay awake? The temple is about to be destroyed. A few hours later, before the cock crows three times, Peter, you will have, one time, Peter, you will have denied me three times. And then in the morning, the first watch, or the last watch of the night, tradition holds that Jesus at morning, at sunrise, was arrested and taken to the house of Caiaphas, the high priest. Jesus is prophesying about the destruction of his temple, the temple of his body. So just a couple verses later, Jesus is in that garden, it's midnight, and he tells Peter, James, and John, watch, stay awake, can you just keep vigil one hour, I'm in the agony of my life, the agony in the garden, can you keep vigil with me? Which apostle is faithful? None of them are. They all fall asleep. Only Jesus is faithful during the darkness of his life. Brothers and sisters, this is the light and darkness that greets us. In our darkest hours, in the times when we fail to be faithful to the Lord, Jesus is all the more faithful to us. No matter how many times we deny him, how many times that cock crows, no matter how many times we turn our back on him, God is always merciful and faithful to us. What is the darkness in your life? What is the darkness in your hearts? When I was on retreat this past week, one of the things that I read that I shouldn't have read because it just distracts you too much, uh, I read this book called Colorado 14er Disasters, right? <laughs> and so uh, it was just really fascinating to read these stories of people, you know, disaster, stories of wanting to escape the hardships of life. And this author was trying to analyze why people go out and make um, dumb decisions on these mountains. Why would you hike a 14er at 10 p.m., 11 p.m.? Why would you try to spend the night on that 14er? Why not just hike and come down? And certainly it's hard to answer that question why, but to me, one of the themes, it seemed like we just want to escape this world. We want to escape this reality. One of the purposes of Advent is to get us to expectantly hope and wait for the coming of Christ. One of the graces from retreat was praying with this idea of expectations. If I'm honest with myself, I put all these different expectations, these kind of false illusions. I thought priesthood would be like this. I thought maybe parish life would be like this. I thought the brotherhood of the companions would be a certain way. And when these expectations come crashing down and they don't, they're not fulfilled, I harden my heart. 
and then I can't turn to the Lord because I have a heart and heart and I don't want to listen to what he has to say. I'd just rather become resentful. And the Lord broke into that darkness and very clearly he said to me, I can receive anything from you, Sean. All your sins, all your pride, all your jealousies, your struggles maybe with lust, maybe your struggles with prayer. I can receive all of that, but the one thing I can't receive from you is a hardened heart. I will never be able to break into your life if your heart is hardened. The Lord comes to us in those moments of trial, in those moments of darkness. Our darkest hour is precisely where the light of the world breaks in. Christianity is not about escaping this world. It's about Christ breaking into your life. Where do you need Christ to break into your life today? This week, this Advent, this year? Where are you dark? Is it your job? Is it your life? Is it work? Family life? The challenges of maybe spending time with family at Thanksgiving? Maybe it's your marriage? Friendships? Allow Christ to break into the darkness of your heart today.